listeners, you are listening to episode 244 of the Oonscast. This is Shabari. And this is still Gordy. Always Gordy. Always. Today we have a special guest. Yes, two actually. We have Rex Arcana and Eric Eldridge from Cold Kill. I know. I know. They're, they're so quiet. Are they still Just there? Take the tape off. Sorry, we dozed off over here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the bedroom recording studio has its advantages. Oh, <laughs> it really does. It's it's it is the bedroom, though they they said it's true. Yeah, let, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. I want video of like. <laughs> all that no, i'm just kidding yeah do you have a live video, webcam the video tour of my studio would last literally 10 seconds <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how long i usually last one watching that video <laughs> first of all Uncasters, we do want to discuss that we did just listen to our album of the month that was retrogram the song you were listening to was flesh drive mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Is that like a is that like a food drive? I'm I'm not sure. I guess if you're Hannibal Lecter, or if you're David Cronenberg or something, it might work. Yes. Or Jeffrey Dahmer. Ugh. Yeah, I reintroduced myself to um, Videodrome the other night and picked off at least two dozen industrial band samples out of the dialogue. <laughs> Wait, Videodrome gets sampled? Next, you're gonna tell me? You know me, guys. and I sure know you. Every one of you. Can somebody get Matt from Caustic to make a uh, stop sampling video drum shirt? Because <laughs> that would be really helpful. Long live the new Caustic. <laughs> and then on the back, it should just say, for fuck's sake. I love it. I love it. He, he, he suckered me into doing a cover of Rockwell Somebody's Watching Me a few years ago by getting me drunk, and it was one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I, I need that song now. I do. Uh, it's it's on the rare, it's on the, it's on the limited edition bonus disc of Booze Up and Riot. Oh, I have that. I have he got really, he got, it's the same one that has the Humpty Dance cover that he did with Eric Gottesman. That's awesome. I'm actually pretty excited because I saw your new release come up on my feed because Rex and I are friends are on um, Facebook and I wasn't actually stalking his food posts for a change. I cook a lot of awesome food. I just don't eat any of it. That's his kids eat it all. He, it's, it's like, it's like, he's like a gourmet chef. He doesn't even touch his own creations. His kids do. I, I don't understand this because I, I look at it and I'm like, salivating like no lie it's bad it's almost like a wonder bar has been put in front of my face rex arcana's news industrial (laughs) he's he's either he's either an industrial musician or he's gordon ramsay or he's bob vila you pick it wow those are some talents so tell me guys um how did you come up with cold kill and i have to say i love the song i but i told rex that like six times and I am. So um, tell us a little bit about that. Well, a couple of years ago, um, you know, Rex and I are pretty much neighbors in the Queens part of New York City. Mm -hmm. And 
he was he had um his uh he was doing a session a songwriting session for um armor his other uh project with brendan from uh frontal boundary and he needed to borrow a good microphone. I have a, a good studio microphone. I was going to lend them. And we got into talking about stuff. And he was really hoping to do more melodic vocal stuff. Um, Armor, of course, proved just to be a one-off on that one compilation. Mm-hmm. But uh, Rex wanted to continue doing a melodic vocal project. Um, one of the leftover um, pieces of Armor that didn't never got done was he wanted to do, um, he was looking at doing a cover of some 80s dance songs. He was trying to pick out which one to do. And he asked for my help. He came over and was like, wow, where did you get all these sounds from? And I collect all these old synthesizer library, you know, sound libraries of old samples of old 1980s and 90s synths. Cause you know, it's the music that we grew up with. Right. And um, the idea of, he's like, well, can you start making me some other songs? So I said, all right, I'll see what I can come up with. And, you know, I mean, Armour had more of like a like um, like a like a German future pop type of a sound to it, which is, of course, what Interface does. And um, he came back and, you know, a few days later and said, listen, I have an idea. How would you like to do a project where we mandate ourselves not to use any sounds from instruments that would have been produced, you know, or manufactured after maybe the early to mid nineties at latest. So I was actually working within this really interesting sound, you know, um, restriction, which was kind of cool because, you know, made me put all the super saws and my, you know, I had to, I had to like, you know, tuck away my (laughs) access virus and all the things that made interface what it is and really what makes FGFC what it is. Cause they're also using a lot more modern, contemporary sounds based on hard style and really heavy stuff. So we were both kind of like deliberately, um, you know, our our hands were deliberately tied as far as sounds and it ended up being a good thing, you know, where it's, it's actually been very incredible, like going back and going, wow, like, you know, I have these sounds, this is great. And, you know, he'll ask me like, I'm looking for a sound that could be, you know, maybe like 80s 242. Oh, how about this? Well, there they are. And we get it. That's awesome. Well, the cool thing is, is um, it gives kind of like a revival type sound. Also, um, I, I just like the sound in general. So it's like visiting an old friend. Yeah, yeah. Our friend, our friend Luke, uh, Luke is uh, Luke uh, has has shot some videos. As a matter of fact, that you know run for coma. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke, um, you know, Luke said it really well. He said it's uh, listening to Cold Kill is like making out with your high school girlfriend again. Yeah. <laughs> well, boyfriend for me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> our, our, you know, if you go to our Facebook page, our our um, official tagline that we have in there is something about like, you know, we wanted to, you know, we wanted to have new music that made you feel like you're rediscovering your favorite old band all over again. And it does. It really does. I fell in love with it as soon as I heard it and messaged Rex right away and knew that it had to be on our final episode of hosting. So um, I'm just glad that you both took the time to like hang out with us tonight and so we can discuss it and uh, introduce people to your music. So I'm pretty happy. How about you, Gordy? I am. I like it. 
I know. I like it a it's lot. Like, Again, it's like... we are obviously, you know, we, we appreciate it. You know, I've, um, I don't know, not always appeared sober on the Ootscast, so this is a nice change. <laughs> really? <laughs> Something involved with Dracos involving a lot of booze? Never. I would never have guessed that. <laughs> well, if we were sitting in the same room, then I would definitely have a bottle of Jack for you. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and get back to the music for the Unscasters, and we will be back shortly with more Cold Kill. Feel time slipping through me 
under confines mm-hmm. i like that too it was, yeah it was I, it was not a bondage reference ship mm. it was not a bondage we, no, reference we didn't go there she did i didn't i what no i didn't i was being good i have been record, good. I, i've been there but we're not going there now <laughs> <laughs> oh, I that will also remain the unauthorized biography yeah, that's that's. <laughs> I keep that'll that be on one hell of a book. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> there's a there's lots of different collected stories. Have you ever seen? Have you read the collected stories of uh, the Mixer Man tales? I think it's called like Tales of the Mixer Man or something like that. It's it's <laughs> it's a mixing engineer, and he's basically compiled all of his years of working in studios. I believe in New York. And he's compiled basically a collection and made a dramatization of all of the bizarre experiences he's had uh, working with some 
big bands and some labels. It's mm-hmm. just you'll see you'll recognize everybody from every band. It's like a real life um, Spinal Tap. Oh yeah. It, well, but, that's the funny about being a musician. When you watch Spinal Tap, you're sitting there going, "Dude, this is real." Well, yeah, I know that guy <laughs> or girl or. Like every time I watch Spinal Tap, I'm like, "This is so happened to me." <laughs> <laughs> But you've had better luck with drummers or drum machines, right? I, you know, Interface has had a drummer for maybe a third of its career at Tops. It's my buddy Justin. He was in a he was a touring drummer for um, this really famous rock guy around here for a while, and you know now he just plays with us every chance that he gets. It's not often, but he's like he's not like a real member of the band or whatever. But um, it's actually fun playing with a drummer on stage. So you, you actually you, so recording. I assume you you program your drums and live you use the real drummer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, interface is interface is, is like I, I call it melodic EBM because I think it's a little darker than Future Pop, but most people call us Future Pop. So actually, you know, so with Cold Kill, it was actually really nice to get away from that for a while because after after my last record two years ago, I started feeling really tired with my sound and mm-hmm. I started really getting into the whole synthwave movement. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that there are these bands that are considered synthwave that'll actually out EBM most EBM artists. <laughs> and then we and then I hear like the trust who like completely out goths, goth bands. And they're and they don't even market themselves and don't even market themselves as such. Which is why we kind of got the idea where wow, we can really cross over with Cold Kill, so hopefully it will. Well, to be fair, right? So to be fair, I wanted to be able to have a project that pays tribute to the music that has really sort of defined who I am as a man and as a as an individual, right? And so I have always shied away from pursuing that, and this sort of feeds back into the demise of Armor story, but, you know, to make a long story a little bit shorter, mm-hmm. I don't have the best range. So for me... You know, an eight two O to get up there and scream, you know, like I'm pissed off and angry, which I am and can relate to. You know, it's a very different proposition than to stand in front of a microphone and sing. You know, mm-hmm. it can't say without effects because there's right. delay on it, what have you, but without any type of distortion or altering of voice, right? Right. So that's fucking scary. That's my 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 biggest thing has not been worried about how people will react to the music, which audiences are going to like us, which audiences are going to hate us, whether H2O fans hate us or they love us. All I've been concerned about is how am I going to actually get these vocals on record and release them publicly without throwing up on myself. Oh, right. So I I love the vocals and I think it's such a huge change for you and I'm glad that you did it really and truly. So the album has some additional surprises on it. And so I just, I, you know, it's a lot more intimidating. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I would be more intimidated to go on stage and perform a cold kill song in front of five people. Right than I am when A2O goes to Europe and plays in front of 5,000 people. Right. That doesn't bother me one bit. But getting up on stage in front of anybody and singing my natural voice in my natural tone is far more intimate. 
Well, you, you sound awesome. It sounds full, big, rich. It's great. I mean, mm. I've, I've longed for the return to actual singing. Right. Without distortion. I love it. I love it. But I, I appreciate that. But to be fair, I'm going to need to hear that about 500 billion more times until it starts to sink in. To our tens of listeners out there in Unscast land, please message Rex Arcana immediately and let him know five million, however many times he just said that he is awesome. Yeah, I didn't really know what to expect because I hadn't really heard much of the armor work that they had done. I only heard the one-off track that was on that compilation. You know, and Rick started coming over here. We, he started doing some test vocals and everything. And, like, I was impressed at how, like, you know, the guy that I knew is, like, you know, the screamer of FGFC. <laughs> you know, it was going, like, you know, I, I, I've no, I, we've, you know, we played it for a few close friends and we've gotten back um, lots of shades of, um, like, the Yours track was, it was, it was so much like uh, Covenant that it only made sense for Covenant to remix it. It just made the most sense of anything. Right. But we've also gotten shades of um, Jean-Luc Demeyer, shades of uh, David Din, shades of uh, even some shades of Ian Curtis once in a while. These are some of the songs that the world has yet to hear. So I think it's kind of cool. Do, do you find it more satisfying or rewarding when you when you when you can nail it without uh, you know the effects or stuff that is is more genuine? Do you feel that? Well, I, do, I, I, mean, I feel like I've, I feel grateful and appreciative when I'm on key. Um, so, yes, like the pitch, the pitch is something that we've been able to deal with by just accepting. You know, acceptance is a good thing in life in general. Pro tip: um, We just sort of decided to accept that my range is what it is. And instead of fighting it, to just design the rest of what we're doing around it. Um, and so we don't write melodic progressions that we know straight away I'm not going to be able to hit vocally. Right. Um, and frankly, the sort of my delivery combined with the sound palettes that we're using combined with the tone of this record, you know, Distance by Design is every bit a concept album. And all of that meshes in such a way that one is conducive to the other. So the hard part was just simply basically getting to the point where I said, you know what, I might sound awful and you may hate the way I sound, but I kind of don't care. I have to get this out. Absolutely. No, it sounds big. It sounds your your presence you know what i mean like you sound yeah. like you're delivering it with confidence and you sound like you're delivering it with uh, like authoritative you know it's well i appreciate that eric's cut reels of digital tape of the the, the takes we didn't use so <laughs> hey even michael like jackson and quincy jones went through 56 takes for what is yeah. it beat it or billy jean or something yep it happens i like seeing a different side of you to be honest i do um, and I think that you know, other people kind of too. Sharp. Like I think people, sharp people, like traditionally have known Rex. And obviously, I mean, the Brutershaft project predated A two O, so that was what you know initially people thought of when they thought of Rex Arcana musically. Right. And that was you know future pop. That's not far from what we're doing with Cold Kill. Right. It was just all you know contemporary sound palettes. 
mm-hmm. you know, and some of the, you know, the orchestration or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's just pop music. E2O is just really, you know, headbangy pop tunes. That's all it is. And that's what Cold Kill is. But it represents, you know, sort of that softer side. You know, it's yeah. like, I don't know. We had this big discussion about, you know, subscribing to or not subscribing to sort of, you know, historical gender norms. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's normal for a man to be both strong and weak. Oh, absolutely. Um, one of the things I was going to tell you about, like, my perception, um, the song kind of, like, resonated with me. I Like, it it touched something. And I was like, that sounded dirty. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> I always say something dirty and I don't mean to. Uh, it wasn't meant to. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, um, I, maybe it's because I've just gone through a breakup or something, but it really touched my heart in a way. I think when music makes you feel that it's so much bigger. Yeah. But that's that's me. Yeah, so. well, for, for me, I mean, that song is lyrically the most emotionally impactful it is it's sweet and painful and there are there's the title track distance by design which is much more of a ballad i mean it's like so when is the full album coming out yeah well i don't know i mean we were just talking about that actually we have um maybe three or four songs that still need to be mixed but are basically in final form okay and then we have i would say it's um, left to be done. I mean, we may be down yes, literally. About, we're literally down to one last song. Wow. So once that song, and it's gonna, it's a cover of a of an '80s song that is an absolute classic, but not from like the new wave scene exactly. Right. Um, it's something to pay homage to another musical style that was a massive influence on both Eric and I when we were growing up. The Irish Rovers. I, no, not that. Oh, damn. <laughs> you, you can, I, I was I was hoping because that's what I was planning on. So <laughs> you were you were like really not close, but <laughs> you're really like not close. <laughs> do you find uh, as you get older that's uh, that's something you're you're tending to do more that you're you have not conforming to any specific uh, goth or EBM or future pop? No, I mean I've always obviously like I mean I've been. Like the 80s and synth music in general is a a, a huge part of uh, who I am and where my influences yeah. come from. 70s, roller disco and shit like that before then. Just for the syncopation and the, the uh, just the, the rhythm tracks on those records. But anyway, so like it's always been something that's been there. The reason I've just never done a project that represents that love or my affinity for that style of music is just because I never felt confident enough that I could sing unaffected on those tracks. And that style of music, you know, can't have a multi-band pitch shift applied to the vocal, right? (laughs) I mean, it's, you just kind of have to sing it. What we're trying to do is, is just basically by limiting ourselves to that sound palette, we are automatically sounding retro we're automatically like putting ourselves back into that space and you'll see too in some of the arrangements like the club mix that we did for i'm yours was like total like 80s 12 inch studio mix 
in terms of the arrangement. You know, we like to play with stuff like that. And for people who grew up with that music, you know, I think we have some surprises. The thing is, is that people who have been in this scene for a really, really long time, or if they're if they're attentive to the songs, are going to hear things in the song that make them go, wait a minute, is that? And they're <laughs> going to try to place it. And chances are, whatever it is they're thinking of, it's pro that's probably where it is from. Rex, of course, is also known for his 80s obscurities, um, little bits he's done over the years on his Facebook, where he'll just throw out like some obscure song from 33 years ago that, <laughs> you know, by a one-hit wonder that nobody even remembered past like the release of the song. And I have actually like lifted some of these elements in there. And there's a lot of what I would call maybe Easter eggs in the, in the songs. Oh, nice. It, it, it would be it would be like the musical or sampling equivalent of like looking for Easter eggs in a movie. Like I've lifted some melodies, I've lifted some drum beats, I've lifted some bass lines, and if you really, really know obscure old music, you'll pick it, but you probably won't. And that subtlety is just going to be really cool because it just brings an air of familiarity to the whole thing. Well, I think that um, all artists evolve; otherwise, they're just painting by numbers, you know. Um, you can't put art in a box. It always is going to grow and expand and turn into something new. So I kind of like that you're taking old and making it new again and mixing it all up for everyone. Um, we're going to get back to the music for now. We'll be back in just a little bit with Cold Kill after you hear some more awesome tunes. Oh, 
Yeah.
can't wait to hear what the 80s song is that you're yeah. <laughs> repurposing. It's a song, Char, it's a song that you're going to that you're going to go, "Oh my god, I know this song." I'm and then sure. Like, no, he's right. It really isn't. It's not like a scene song, but uh-huh. the fact that I still know it means it's a good song. Otherwise, why would I know it since it's not really from like what we would traditionally consider synth pop or 80s new wave. Right. No, I was um, coming home from work this morning because I work nights and uh, they had the cars on moving in stereo. I was thinking, oh, my God, I've got to listen to the cars tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes a song, our songs will start that way. It'll be I'll be listening to something and Mm. I'll just. Because I'm listening to it sort of with a different ear now, like I'll just hear something in it and be like, I want that sound Mm -hmm. or I want this uh, rhythm pattern or I want, you know, this vibe or this bass line. And so, like, you know, just hear elements and then we come back and we start with that. And then, you know, it's been really refreshing, you know, that when we with very few exceptions, but when we sort of come in the studio and say, all right, well, let's start fucking around or whatever. Like there've been a couple of songs that we've written almost the entire song, or at least the base of it in like half an hour. Right. And it's like the whole song just falls together. The vocals just sort of come out naturally and bam. Like there's at least, you know, four or five tracks like that where it just, it was almost like they wrote themselves. We were just sort of like channeling them. That's so awesome. I I love when things come together like that because it's magic, you know, and you very rarely get that where it just falls together. Some people have to work really hard to get things to work. Seriously, this, I love this song. I told Gordy, I'm like, have you heard it yet? <laughs> I'm like, listen to it now. <laughs> oh, what do you, what do you find inspiring? Is it is it uh, like you said about hearing another song, or is it a a sound or a new bit of gear or something? What what gets your creatives flowing? Um, I think it's you know I think it's Rex like going. He's 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 combing back through a lot of his older obscure songs and going, check this out. This is really cool. This is this weird one-hit wonder from 1986. But listen to the baseline they use that their producer had. Okay, I can use that. It's just stuff like that. And you know, I've I've pretty much almost exclusively been listening to synthwave on my own these days, and I'm finding, you know, like the and these are mostly younger people that weren't even around when this <laughs> music was popular the first time through, but they're having like this whole like G whiz kind of approach to it. Exactly. So it's yeah. very like. I mean, yeah. Some, I mean, sometimes synthwave can be a little tongue in cheek. It can be can be a little kitschy at times. But you know, but there's been songs where, like, I've shown Rex a synthwave track that I found on some online radio station, and he'll go, "Oh, that sounds really cool," but you know, it's just a groove going nowhere. But if I can put vocals through it, so like some stuff that we've done is literally synthwave with vocals. And, you know, so hopefully it will appeal to that market just as much as it appeals to people in our original scene. Like it can cross over and they'll go, oh, that sounds like a Laserhawk track, but the vocals are kind of cool, too. I just think I listen to predominantly. I mean, I don't really listen to much um, 
what we would consider to be sort of traditional scene music anymore. Um, you know, I do, whenever somebody comes out with a new project, I'll, you know, I'll sit with it, new albums for a couple of weeks and try to dissect them. And especially, you know, a lot of the artists, you know, I know. So um, I want to hear what they're up to and, and what they're doing. But I listen to a lot more sort of down tempo, trippy kind of stuff for the most part. Um, and so I find like a lot of inspiration in sort of things like, you know, snaking bass lines and just like, you know, down tempo sort of atmospheric types of, uh, of instrumentation. So. Yeah. I mean, my, my Spotify playlist has virtually nothing from our scene on it at all. It's mostly just random stuff that I find from doing like new music stuff. And I just keep just pulling sounds out of it. Okay. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. I mean, there are two, I mean, I, I can think of two instances on, on, on these cold kill songs where we actually lifted elements out of modern top 40 stuff. <laughs> you know, it'll, it'll really throw a curveball to people that listen to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll take inspiration wherever we find it and sort of say like, all right, well, that's not cold kill, but you know, if we change the root note progression to this, then that's cold kill. You know, it's funny that you bring up Spotify because I was noticing Sammy from Faderhead uh, mentioning that he doesn't put his music on Spotify. How? What are your feelings on putting it on streaming? I mean, right now we have one single out. I want everybody in the world to hear it, and I don't care how that happens. Awesome. We put it up. We made it available for people who wanted to, to pay us, you know, we have a lot of people who are like, you know, artistic integrity, this, that, and the other. I, you know, on principle, I got to send you money, and and that's great. And you know, we had a lot of other people just go in and download it for free, and that's great too. Like, right. I mean, we just want. We've been really fortunate um, with how people have reacted. It's been pretty positive so far, and I mean, the mm -hmm. thing—it's only been out for three days, you know, and right. we're doing an interview with you guys. So, um, I think. That's good. I mean, that yeah. it definitely makes me feel more comfortable. If people legit like what we're doing and they legit think the vocal's good, then them liking it is only going to make me feel more empowered to just be more emotive and just sort of, you know, let loose and then write more tracks that hopefully they'll like as well. So, yeah. I mean, we we're, we count our blessings and... Uh, you know, we're going to have a new single probably, I mean, in the April, May time frame. Uh, and then we have to decide what we're going to do with this record, like whether right. we're going to sign to a label. We've got some labels that we're talking to or whether we want to self-release it. I mean, I don't even I don't know. I just know that at some point I'm not going to be able to handle all of the work administratively on mm -hmm. my own. So that's still the sort of legacy appeal of working with a label is not having to do all that office work, not having to box up and send out packages. I mean, I don't have a high tolerance level for that kind of activity at my right. I'm just glad that you were open to sitting down with me and Gord, of course. Like, Gord's not even here or something. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm listening. I'm, ta I'm <laughs> taking it all me. in. I'm like, just tell me when it's out, damn it. Tell me. <laughs> But the cool thing is um, you do have it out on Bandcamp where people can get it for pay as they want or for free. That's right. 
free. But please support the artists. We we encourage that here on the Unscast. You can get it at coldkill.bandcamp.com. We will have that link on the Coma Music Magazine page for the Unscast. And I'm gonna you can also sign up for their Facebook page. Like you like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just like did. I I did when I did when I saw it on my timeline. <laughs> I was quick on that. <laughs> Ich will mit dir zusammen.
Turns the night, the dawn meets the sun of the sky I need you to try
Listening to episode whatever this is, 244. 
something. Yeah, two four four. Yeah, two four four. I lose track. There's so many. <laughs> this is Shabari, and Gord is still here with me. Hello. So are the gentlemen from Cold Kill, Rex and Eric. <laughs> the Cold Kill Two. Yeah. Yeah. Cold killers. Cold killers. <laughs> Rawr. That sounds like a new Discovery ID show. It does, actually. It does. Like a reality show. <laughs> Get the Kardashians on the air. I want you guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> I do too. Quality <laughs> around the apartment. <laughs> I want to do a 70s era style variety show. Oh, like uh, Merv Griffin or... With nice. dancers. Or the gong show. I want the gong show to come back. Totally. Oh, the gong show was great. Wasn't it awesome? It just made no sense at all. And I like know. It, oh. it was just a CIA front, you know. Oh. Hey, you know, Interface was in on your, your your 1970s compilation. I actually had to cover an electric light orchestra song. Oh. Really? That, so- <laughs> that was quite the challenge, let me tell you. <laughs> we did we just the last one we put out um was the one that I did uh Tainted Candy Volume Two. Um and I'm it was sure, an eighties tribute. Sure I remember that. Huh? Not sure I remember that one. Uh, it just came out um a few months ago. It's on our Bandcamp page, Thune's Cast Files. Oh see, I they must have not invited me to do it. I, I was getting oh. the invite for it. I can link you. I would have I would have invited you. I put it out on all the different social media sites and stuff like that. Uh, so I must have, I must have missed it because I did. Um, where there was one 80s one that I was going to do. And I ended up doing a uh, I ended up trying to record a version of um, the fixes saved by zero. And um, <laughs> I ended up never doing it because I wasn't happy with the way the vocals came out. And it was kind of a rush job. So I ended up like I got to see if I can find what I did with it and I, so I can do it again. Well, you never know. Well, what, ha- well, what happened with the 70s one was um, I ran into Marisa Whitehead at a, a music festival and she's like, you should get on this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, OK, but it was really late in the game. Right. And it was like, oh, OK, um, what's left? Well, you can't you can't do David Bowie. You can't do Pink Floyd. You can't do like all these all the really good bands were, were like taken up. And I'm going, what? who's left? Like, who's left? We so have- I had to like. Because the rule is, you can. There was only one artist that could be done per, um, per for the whole compilation. I have, no and like every, everything was already, well, everything was already burned up by that point. I'm like, <laughs> that's taken. I'm like, oh, I can do them. They're taken. Oh, I can do them. They're taken. Oh, they're taken. I'm like, what the hell's left? <laughs> so I, I ended up getting yeah. stuck doing electric light orchestra. Aww. See, so. I wanted to do. Um, uh, what were we gonna do? Oh, my John, my bandmate interface suggested we do. Um, Psycho Killer by Talking Heads, and we were told like uh, that's that's not it wasn't classic rock. I'm like, oh come on. Well, art, art. That's new wave. Yeah, we did. Um, we did all '80s for the last Tainted Candy album, so it was like all over the board. Like we had a cover of uh, Thriller, and uh, lots of crazy stuff. It was fun. Um, we did it just to. Uh, have musicians have fun with their music again instead of making it like work so yeah i had fun you know because i i did an 80s an obscure 80s cover for dark horizons exclusively for them i covered uh i don't remember by peter gabriel oh (laughs) gordon and i both at the same time oh i love gabriel (laughs) yeah me too 
Yeah. I'd, I'd have to talk to Teresa and see what kind of a uh, of a exclusivity she has on that still because it was fun <laughs> to do. You know, I, I we're showing our age on the Uncast today, <laughs> but that's okay. I don't care. Um, that's like all the songs from my like youth, my uh, growing up. So yeah. See, uh, I, was, I was planning on doing an electronic version of Lamb Lies Down of Broadway. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I, can I, see, I can see that totally working. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you know, I, you know, I do remember that. I remember seeing that one too late because I remember you did '80s stuff, and it couldn't be new wave. You had to do like non-new wave '80s stuff. Oh no, we did that, and I was gonna do a post-punk um, tribute too. So, wow. yeah, you still can. I still can. Nice. Shibby I Shibby Coco Coco Puffs Somebody was gonna do a um I don't know if it was Coma or somebody else. They wanted to do an, like an, an 80s like butt rock tribute with all the electronic stuff. And I was gonna do um butt one rock? of my favorite rock, you know, like like really cheesy 80s rock. Oh, uh, like like what scorpions or do, uh, No, uh, yeah, I don't know, something like that. And I was gonna do like um uh my, one of my favorite, like you know, cheesy '80s songs was yeah. um, "Rock All Over You" by by the Moody Blues from the Karate oh, nice. Kid soundtrack. <laughs> God Mod did uh, "Round and Round" by Rat. Because <laughs> oh. Jason can pull that off, I can't. Anyone else could other than Jason? Matt Finale can probably put, pull that off. Oh my goodness! He pulled off the Humpty Dance with Eric, so you know. <laughs> Stop sampling Videodrome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tagging him when this comes out. It'll be on Twitter and I'll put stop tag. Yeah, that will do. <laughs> okay, Uncasters, that it is it. Oh, that's it. <laughs> we are going to be signing off from here. We just want to thank you, Rex and Eric, so much for joining us today. And especially on our last episode of the Uncast. Thank you. It's thank you. Wide. Uh <laughs> to our Uncast listeners, thank you so much for coming back week after week with our insane silliness that we have here. Um <laughs> it's been a real pleasure and you can always find us uh we are on Facebook and uh we'll let you know what our new projects are soon. But um, taking over the Uncast will be Jamie and Yvette, the owners of Coma Music Magazine. And you can be expecting them next week. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so for now, it's see ya. Yeah, for now. Bye bye. Bye.
something that you never will forget I've got a gift for you A little peace of mind you won't expect I've got a gift for you A pleasure that I never will regret I've got a gift for you Looking down